Hey everybody, it is Scotty Via and Paralegal Mike here for the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast. And before we get into our show here this week, we unfortunately have to talk, share, uh, discuss the passing of uh, two very big legends in professional wrestling, uh, that being Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. And Mike, it uh, both kind of came out of nowhere for, for us. I, don't, we're, I guess we're just doing our own normal workday kind of thing. And those texts start coming in. Uh, Terry Funk passed away last uh, Wednesday. So we could go today. And um, he had been on, you know, a, a rough patch living in a hospice uh, for the last little while here after his wife passed away. And uh, he was 79 years old when he passed the living legend. Uh, everyone knows Terry Funk. Everyone's got a great Terry Funk memory of, you know, things that they've seen online or in person, or if they've met the guy, you're obviously hearing all the great stories now, but uh, yeah, well, a, a true legend lost in Terry Funk. Yeah. It was uh, again, one of those moments where you, you don't believe it until you find out for sure, for sure. And uh, that's how our day went. And yes, obviously Terry Funk, like Scotty said, a living legend. There's not a thing Terry Funk hadn't done in the wrestling business. So much love and respect to Terry Funk. And of course, our condolences to, to Terry's family. Absolutely. Uh, while we were still reeling from that news, uh, the following day on last Thursday, uh, a massive shocker came through. Uh, uh, our good buddy Tom had texted us and said Bray Wyatt passed away. And we both reacted the same way. Fuck I, off, that kept true, right? Yeah, that's that's one where you you're really going like, no way, like that's not real. And then yeah, as we we piled through the internet, it was very much yeah. so true. Yeah, you see that tweet from uh, Triple H. You know, he was the one that announced it and passed away from a heart attack in his sleep. And yeah, it was complications from he got COVID on WrestleMania time. That's why his match was canceled. And, you know, it took a toll on his body, on his heart. And um, crazy that he is gone already. Man is only 36 years old. Very, very young. Um, And and we know it's a a hot topic when it comes to to COVID. And um, people have different opinions on COVID and vaccines and all that stuff. But please ask you to keep that to yourself when speaking about someone who has now passed. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not make this a political issue. This is um, a beloved member of the wrestling world who we've lost. This man has a family. This man has children. So we please ask that you keep things respectful. But um, yeah, we're, we're definitely mourning the loss of a, a true creative mind in the modern era of wrestling, which is pretty hard to find. Yeah, it is. You just think back to like when Bray came up on NXT and then really debuted on the main roster in WWE. And he had, he was one of those guys that had a ton of hype coming into the main roster. And one of the, the very few, in my opinion, that came up from the main roster and flourished and had an amazing run on the main roster where a lot of times that wasn't happening. But Vince didn't change his character. He embraced it, which was perfect because we got such a great character that first year with uh with bray wyatt leading into the feud with john cena at that that wrestlemania was awesome i personally love the wrestlemania 31 match with taker i know it's not the greatest match because taker wasn't at his best you know the way the show was structured and when that match came on kind of hurt it in some people's eyes but i always looked at it as like man this is a great old school wrestling match and we got that and then you know to have that wyatt family 
be such a big part of so many great feuds, including the match with the shield in 2014, I think 2014 or 15. And dude, yeah. Like the Wyatt family was unbelievable. It was so, so good to watch so much fun to watch that. Um, kind of a big moment for me. I probably got back into wrestling because of first Scotty Villa, but it was about WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. So the streak and then moving into that following year is when I really started getting back into it. And yeah, that Bray Wyatt stuff was a, a big part of that where I, I bought in and I was like, well, this is the kind of character that wrestling should be, be doing. Cause my last memory was like early ruthless aggression. And I was just, I mean, clearly was over it at that point. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm alone on that, but it was, uh, a black spot for me in wrestling, but like that Wyatt family stuff I thought was so intriguing and that he was so good. And those vignettes were so powerful. And then to continue to reinvent yourself year after year when things aren't going your way or just like, Hey, we need to freshen up. And, and Bray Wyatt always found a way to do it. He was the guy it, it's it's uh, it, in reality, it doesn't really matter when it comes to curiosity of what, this version of Bray Wyatt was going to be with Uncle Howdy and all the characters and things like that because he's gone and he had a family and friends and that's what's most important. Uh, but it, 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 who knows if we'll ever find out. Uh, hopefully, Bo is able to, if he wants to come back to wrestling, he can come back and do what he needs to do. But um, that if that day comes, great. If not, uh, you know, he'll be doing his thing kind of thing, right? But yeah, seeing him come back as the fiend and doing that run, and then I think the pandemic hurt that run a little bit because the crowd was so into that character, uh, and then yeah. to come back as this new version of Bray, which was cutting amazing, great babyface promos about I just want you to enjoy me and I want to enjoy you, but then having this twisted dark side, and then the Uncle Howdy character uh, was for me it was must see television every week. And going back and watching on social media or on YouTube the next day to be like, man, that, that promo was awesome. What am I missing? All the barcodes chasing the rabbit. Like there was such a big plan there. And um, it, it's, it was fun to watch. And all we can really say is thank you to Bray for making it fun to watch and must see TV every week. And uh, yeah, this one uh, was really, really tough. Uh, I will say mostly don't think about what could have been Think about what was, and that was the great talent. That was both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Obviously, this episode goes out to them. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Attention. Attention. Do I have everybody's attention now? Rebel Radio. Burn it down! Rebel Radio presents the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast. Finally, The Rock has come back home. Scotty Via brings you your new favorite pro wrestling podcast. There is nothing you could do that is more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk. He's got the latest in covering all of the major promotions in professional wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Breaking news and hot topics. He's covering everything from Monday night till Sunday night's main event. I'm the hottest thing in professional wrestling. I'm Dr. Rit Baker. D. And we never forget to go old school. 
I was rowdy before rowdy was cool. From the golden era. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. To the attitude era. And if you're not done with that, then he's got two words for ya. To the revolution. It's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to un-goddamn deniable. And everything in between. This is your pro wrestling podcast. This is In My House. Give me a hell yeah! Welcome to my house, baby, take control now. Hey, it's the In My House for Real Wrestling Podcast. Got me right off the go. You got me, I wasn't even planning on doing that. <laughs> it's the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast, Scotty Via here with Perry Legal Mike, and we have another jam-packed, fun-filled show for you, uh, but before we get to that, how are you, brother? I'll tell you, there's a little beef before oh. the show started. Scotty oh. Via informed me he wanted to use real glass on this pod, so I had to go <laughs> ahead and choke his ass out. <laughs> and due to that, we're both suspended for the foreseeable future, so it's going to be pretty silent on this week's pod. No, I'm doing great. We are we are reeling from the aftermath of the the highest paid wrestling event of all time. <laughs> AEW's all in. All we in. are uh, ready to talk about all of the things that happened in Wembley. We are. We're going to jump right into it. You know where our socials are at in my host pod. Give us a follow. You'll find us there. Our show's on Spotify and wherever else you find your podcasts. We're, we're going to be growing that part soon. Uh, we're, we have to have a company meeting one of these days. But let's get right into it, pal. All In was this past Sunday live from Wembley Stadium here uh, in Saskatchewan time. It started at 11 a.m. And I fucking loved that part, dude. It was fantastic. Yeah, Got to love that you can like, watch the like, It was nice. I was hanging with the fam, came home. I was like, oh, now I can put All In on. Right? It, it, it was great. The pre-show started at 10. Well, technically, like they had like a pre-show to the pre-show. And there was some stuff that happened there. I don't think it was match stuff. It was just like Jeff Jarrett and Grado had a little deal, but uh, you know, it was nice to see Grado. Nice to see Grado. I'll tell you this: Grado should have gotten more of an entrance. He should have gotten his Madonna entrance because that entrance to Like a Prayer is nothing tops it. It it is so goddamn good. Obviously, something happened there. We couldn't get the song. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure we would have gotten that. But anyway, it was nice to see Grado. He's a, a super fun guy to watch uh, online on the indies, and he, obviously huge in the UK. It was nice to see him get a moment like that. That's besides the point. Scott, <laughs> we have to, do we want to talk about Zero Hour? We have to. We the made fans, a pick for the, Zero Hour. The fans want to hear about Zero Hour, so let's talk about it. Well, let's we're talk gonna talk about the, the one match. Let's talk about Zero Hour. <laughs> the one match. Uh, well, no, I guess there's two matches on there that we have. That's to get right. Into. Someone we wanted have... someone wanted to use real glass. <laughs> yeah. Try to be a river. We didn't make a pick on the Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Hook match because that was officially announced after we'd recorded. Uh, and you know what? I chalk it up. It's not looking great for my picks. So we're going to say <laughs> I, I, I called Hook winning. <laughs> and I called them using real glass. So we're one and one. Uh, you know, um... perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a fine match. I liked it. It was, you know, no rules kind of thing. It was FTW rules, which was fine. Uh, 
Jack Perry comes out in a limo that parks on the stage. They go through the glass. You get Jungle Boy referencing the beef with him and Punk from a few weeks ago on Collision, saying, look at that, real glass, now Crimean River. And we'll get into the shitstorm that that caused a little bit later on. But uh, I liked it. I was surprised uh, a little bit that Hook dropped the title already. Uh, or sorry, that J- Jack Perry dropped that FTW title already. But Yeah, because that title means something. Maybe yeah, right. that thing around. Very true. But I really enjoyed Hook's work in this match. I thought this yeah, is the best I'm, he's looked I'm at I'm with time. you. I got to I got to watch Zero Hour. I, I did tune into Zero Hour before I, I headed off to the, the pool. But um, yeah, it, it's a fine match. I like Jack Perry being Jack Perry. I do. Me too. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and just shit on that change because I, I think it's going to be good for Jack Perry. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a fine match, deserving of being on the pre-show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I mean, considering what was all on this this card at on the main show, yeah, it would be really hard to put in that match there. But no, it was good. And I mean, I think they gave it to Hook because, yeah, Hook is back and let's get his momentum up again. Mm-hmm. Send Hook, right? Like there was a good good groundswell happening with Hook for a while there, especially with the Hook house and stuff. And then it, like most AEW talent who aren't stars from elsewhere or pillars, you kind of get lost. So it was nice to see Hook get that win and hopefully they can do some stuff with him and start elevating him again. But um, let's talk about the the real money gun for Zero Hour, and that's obviously the um, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match. Aussie yeah. Open versus versus Adam Cole and MJF. Uh, just to kick off the things there, first of all, uh, great match, really fun match. The entrances, they did it perfectly. Both guys came out, but Aussie Open jumped Adam Cole before he can get his Adam Cole baby part of the entrance out. And it, for that instinct, I was like, oh, you, you robbed the fans of that. I'm like, no, you saved that for the main event. Oh, and, big time. And it, it, we'll, we'll get into the yeah. main event and how that delivered. But I uh, hey, really liked this match, Scott. Dude, I it was felt like really this. Fun. This could have probably been on the card. <laughs> if, they, if they weren't main event, then absolutely would have been on that card. It's, it's uh, again, I went in thinking, of course, because I was one like the rest of the internet. Uh, I can admit when I'm wrong. I'll be doing a lot of that <laughs> today. <laughs> but I, I did expect um, some shenanigans to to build that heat for that main event match and to know that they avoided that and to have them still be friends. And I mean, we'll tell them right now and go over and win mm-hmm. the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship was, oh, wow. Okay, so we, this is not helping me. There's still a hope for the main event for something to go on, which we'll get into. But yeah. um, I, I like the match. I, I really like Aussie Open. I think they're a great tag team. I really do. I, I think now it's time to phase them out of Ring of Honor. Let's get them in a real picture. I love to see them go against FTR. I mean, I, I, that's my feeling. But um, both teams, I think, delivered. It was great storytelling in the match to try to fight for that tag. MJF is just a fucking star. MJF is just a goddamn star. That kangaroo kick, like, building to that double clothesline, and that Wembley crowd wanted it so bad. Uh, Dude, I think those reasons right there are why they didn't split these guys up, why we didn't get any shenanigans or or miscommunication between the two guys, because it is so over and so well done right now i don't think it's going to last too much longer in my opinion but that right there the whole eighty-one thousand crowd 
yelling double clothesline with Adam Cole and MJF is exactly the reason why everything that they did on All In worked. I, I, you know what? I agree. And, and you know what? It's a good crowd to have them stay together. But also it's proving that that storyline of anything in AEW is yeah. really working. So it was great to, to go into the show on that high note of like, oh man, the two we really like came out on top. I am with you. And what was the, what was the picks? Uh, <laughs> well, Scotty, we had uh, Adam Cole and MGF winning the ring of honor tag team championships, which is what happened. And great Paralegal- job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Paralegal Mike. Not so good. No, he picked. No, no. Retain, but no, we were also very. A miss. <laughs> we didn't know how it was going to go. We both thought that something would happen that would cause a bit of a rift between Adam Cole and MJF. And that's the, the best part about this whole show. And this storyline is we didn't know how to call it. We didn't know what they were going to do. So it makes sense that that was split there. But, uh, you know, Booker of the Year right now uh, got the big point on that one. Mike. I mean, we, we obviously don't want to talk about SummerSlam anymore, do we? We, we, we stopped talking about the Rumble. We stopped talking about the Rumble. <laughs> we might as well stop talking about wrestling SummerSlam, too. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, it's, I did think shenanigans for sure. Like, it just felt weird to have out of the open get those straps and then lose them. I, but, but, I mean, it, it adds up to the bigger story. So yeah. it was nice to see to see Adam Cole and MJF get that win. But we're out of zero hour. We're in the event, all in, in Wembley. Let's talk about the opener. Let's talk about Samoa Joe and CM Punk. First off, this show was so fast in the way of not a lot of big montages, video packages build up. They had video packages, but they were maybe 15 to 30 seconds long. So- I, I w- I'm going to give points to AEW for... Um, their show for this and i know it's two different beasts i know how wwe likes to do their shows and i know how they like to sell their matches before they come out AEW proves that in their time they can do nothing but wrestling and have the show keep moving the way matches flowed into each other was really great and i think with no huge video packages this helps i was a little bit personally uh, you're not wrong there i i agree with you at some points when that happens but at one point, I got up to to rock one real quick, and by the time I closed the bathroom door going in, Soraya's entrance was already half over. I'm like, "What? Yeah, the, she, the match just yeah. ended? What is going but on they, here?" They kept this going. They, they did. They had a they, lot of matches. I and they that's my thing. They they proved that they can have a lot of wrestling on a wrestling event. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, let's it, get into that. Go it, ahead. A very big show, but let's. But it's a very big show, so you think they were going to dress it up a little more like the Fed, and they prove again that like we're we're no we're mm-hmm. professional wrestling. Yeah, like you could you can still call it sports entertainment when they're not. That's professional wrestling. But that being said, we're going to talk about CM Punk versus Mojo. Scotty, show. What's yeah. thoughts on what's what's your thoughts on CM Punk versus Mojo? fucking loved this match this was the wrestling match of the night in my opinion I, that's i mean that's no no, no i'm not saying it's match of the, i'm not saying it's match of the night but this is the wrestling match of the night those guys went i felt like they gave this show a real real one-on-one wrestling match that yeah didn't have sure. a bunch of shenanigans didn't have a bunch of massive high spots didn't really lead to anything it reminded me of old school wrestling, you know, old school rules, new school tools. 
And I loved it. I, I was like, there's nothing going to beat this match. This match was fantastic. I, I am, I'm with you in the sense that, yes, I really enjoyed this Punk versus Joe match. I did. I came out of it with my thoughts being now, fuck CM Punk. Yeah? Why is that? You know, I think it's maybe everything outside of the ring that's adding up now, too. But I just like Samoa Joe so goddamn much. Like, this guy is incredible. Like, and, and not, not to take away from Punk, because, like, in ring, Punk was, he was in it, too. Punk mm-hmm. looked good. Like, there was, there was no flubs between these guys. Obviously, the history you have of working helps, and your chemistry is great. So you're, you're destined to do something good here. But they, they really did put on a show. But, fuck, that, that Wembley crowd was so behind Joe. Yeah. It, it's... It's just showing that kind of... But again, I think they're going to play into this momentum. We've been saying it for a while. Like, CM Punk's destined for a heel turn. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and this could be the start of it. But there was some really great stuff. I like. I mean, that, um, that swinging him into the announcing table and breaking the oh. lower part. I was like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen shit like that before. I've never seen that specific spot before. <clears throat> no, it was awesome. Awesome. Then he gave it him the finger. It was so awesome. And it, it was even there's there's the Joe part, right? Like the Joe walk away too. Probably one of my favorite ones ever in this match. Yeah. I, but me, um, I, I really great contest. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say for me, it just makes me want to see more of Samoa Joe. The guy is so goddamn good. <clears throat> yes. In the ring. And when he's up against a guy like CM Punk on a big show, we saw it in person here in Collision in Regina. When you've got two guys that are main event calibers type guys, guys that can really go and know how to work every style. It just makes for such an awesome match. And you could tell both of those guys were feeding off each other, bring up their uh, intensity between the two to make this a main event match. Like that match could have been a main event anywhere in the world. And people would have gone home happy with how that match went, in my opinion. I think it was fantastic. Loved it. The guys laid their shit in. Everything looked like they were trying to win the match. Everything looked like it took effort. And later on the match, they were exhausted. They did everything they could to get the win. Couldn't get the win until CM Punk does get the win and retains his real world championship, which that'll be a discussion on a different show at another time. It will. It will. But I, I dude, I love, I was like, there's, I don't know how we're, we're going to top this. Yeah, we've got a lot of crazy great matches, including the main event, which has an amazing storyline. But wrestling-wise, I don't know. That's how I felt coming out of that match. But um, love seeing it. Absolutely love seeing it. Want to see it again kind of thing. But I don't know what direction anybody's going in right now when it comes to those two. No. Guys. No. It'll, it, I mean, tomorrow will obviously be the, the big one. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't think we'll be seeing CM Punk at All Out. Not by, uh, according to reports from Uncle Dave that, you know, him and Jack Perry have been suspended. I don't think we have to spend too much time on that. Everyone knows what the fuck's going on. That's yeah. But I, I, I'd say it's a great open. It's a great open for that Wembley crowd to get the CM Punk entrance. And, and like, I mean, they're behind Joe. They love wrestling. Yep. So they, they were hungry for this match. And, it, it, and you know what? It delivered. It was, it was really great way to start the show. Speaking of delivering, I picked CM Punk for that one. Uh, one pair of Mike went with Samoa Joe. On that one, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Rod Stark's paralegal Mike. I will say you went with just like maybe they'll flip it, maybe they'll shock the world and have Joe beat Punk. So you didn't go in with like 
hard strategy of like this, this, and this. No, you went like, they could do it. I'm going to go with that just to see what happens. But I mean, uh, it's obviously showing how much I fucking care for CM Punk, which is. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, we've got uh, Bullet Club Gold, which was Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, uh, Jay White, and Takeshita joining those guys versus the Golden Elite, which was Hangman Adam Page. Kota Ibushi and the man of the night should have been man of the night. Kenny Omega. Yeah, Mike, I'm going to, I just have to get this out. And we talked about it last week. Me oh, and we, I, yep. You and I talked about it on the text line after the show kind of thing. Yep. This was the biggest gated show paid show in history of wrestling. One of the yep. biggest shows ever. 181,000 mm-hmm. fans. That's right. I'm going to steal your line and say Kenny Omega should have been in a one-on-one match on a card like this. It hurt I, this card that Kenny Omega wasn't a main feature, highlighted professional wrestler on this card. And yeah, you're right. It should have been him versus Osprey, but by the sounds of it, they're saving that for for New Japan, which is fine. Find something which else I mean, to do. I, yeah, I mean him and him and Takeshita really could have went at that point. I mean, if they're, you going, to they're going it going, all out. They're going yeah. it all out, which is fine. But if you, but if you wanted that to keep moving, you didn't need this this tag match to happen. My problem with this match, and again, fans can get all uppity. Yes, yes, this is very much so the AEW style match. It took them a while to get there. Yeah, you're the number two spot, so you weren't getting all the time in the world to to have that kind of match when those moments hit later i'd say like the last five minutes were pretty spectacular and yes these guys do deliver i just felt like on this card this match is kind of quickly forgotten it is uh Takeshita got the win with the the yep. the clean win over kenny uh and like you said the last five to seven minutes were lights out like typical what you'd expect from an aw <laughs> match between you know, elite guys and bullet club guys. It was awesome. Not taking anything away if, from the match at all. It, no, but it just, it, I think it took too long in that number two spot to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with and, you. And, I, and, I, and, and on a card with some pretty big names, it's just weird for me to see that. How, and the stolen win, but good. If you want to further a story, yeah, not all your favorites are going to win. And that's sometimes good. Mm-hmm. But for me, like this match kind of, for who's in it, it fell short. I would have loved to have seen Kenny versus Jay White. You have yeah. enough storyline there from their New Japan and Bullet Club days to to build up to that. And then if you wanted to bring in these other guys to you know watch each other's backs kind of thing, you could have done that or had the other guys working a tag match on the pre-show leading up to Kenny versus Jay White. But um, again, not taking anything away from the match. The match was fantastic. It was really, really fun to watch. But in my opinion, it hurts this massive show that yeah. Kenny Omega was involved in a six-man uh, tag team match as a second match on the card. I agree. I, I, I mean, you're you're Kenny fucking Omega. Yeah. I, but I mean, also too, like it shows. I I think a part of it, especially placement on the card, mm-hmm. it shows that EVP card stuff didn't didn't come into effect. True. You replaced. You replaced where you were replaced, and you did the job. And you, I think they have a lot of that coming off of obviously brawl out and all the mess there, mm-hmm. and who's really in charge. I think it's good that those kind of names went where they were. 
and the match was good. Yes, I'm not I'm not in your camp of fantastic because it was it was a good match. I think what Bullet Club Gold did with FTR was much better. I have to agree with you on that because those four guys going at it for the tag titles and building that storyline, best two or three falls match uh, that went an hour on TV. Not a lot can top that kind of thing, right? And here you've got guys that, like a guy like Hangman, who we all love, shows up like once every couple months right before a pay-per-view and then does a match and then goes away again, right? It's getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and and for me, uh, it kind of seems to be like a bit of the elite's style. I know Kenny's getting more pushed for a singles uh, run right now, which is the hope kind of thing. So it, it, it's tough, but I mean, I don't. This is the best Takeshita's ever. I've seen him look since he turned heel. I think he's done a lot of soft work lately. But yeah, uh, we both uh, made our picks on this, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you picked the Golden Elite to win, and they did <laughs> not win. Because uh, <laughs> why? Why would I start calling right now? <laughs> and I picked uh, Takeshita and the Bullet Club boys for that victory. Great yeah. job. Great job, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. uh, into the uh, the tag team title match, which I had said before, the wrestling match of the night was CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. And that was a foolish thing to say. Uh, no, I don't think so. I I will say the match of the night is right here with FTR versus the Young Bucks. Oh, I um, I rewatched this match today. Nice. When I sh- when I should be, you know, <laughs> doing my job. Holy shit. These teams are magic, man. Yeah. What they what they are able to accomplish and they whooped the shit out of each other. Yeah. It like again, I love the Young Bucks and clearly I'm an FTR fan. And even with Bucks rules, god damn. This is so entertaining. This is AEW wrestling. Like, this is what I look for when I'm watching AEW is this kind of match. The spots in this thing, man. Like, oh, them hitting each other's moves. It's just, that's good in-ring storytelling. Mm-hmm. That stuff really matters. I I just hats off to how physical this thing was. The 450 off the top rope. Like just the rope itself, not yeah. the, like Jesus Christ. He may as well pulled out a gun, <laughs> dude. Uh, the one thing you said was the great spots, and you're not wrong there. And at times when I'm watching Young Bucks match, I'm like, "That's a cool spot. That's a cool spot. That's a cool spot." I didn't say that once in my head during this match because I was so invested in what the guys were doing, and everything really clicked and made sense in this match for all the the spots that they did. To the point where I didn't yes. think, oh, this is a great spot. If it gave me what I've wanted since AW started, great tag team wrestling for the championships because both teams want the championships. They both teams want to be the best, and it's something that I thought I thought we'd be getting main events on pay per views for tag team championships because the Young Bucks are the you know the greatest tag team of this generation right now. It it should be done. I think that match proves it. Like those guys should be headlining pay per views because of matches and storylines that, that they gave. It wasn't a very long buildup for the show for these two teams, but what they gave us in the, like the two or three weeks leading up was perfect. It's, if I would say this, it's two teams of history. So like FTR getting their name from, from um, being the elite. Yep. That kind of stuff all plays in. That's why this match happened. But when you have two of the best tag teams, like you said, yeah, this could be something that ends your night. Unfortunately, like there's bigger things. 
on this card that warrant a spot. But damn, man, like for this to go on third, like that, and this is where the crowd, I literally went like, now you're tired. Yeah. Because you have to, you have to be, because that match was just insane. It's my favorite match on the card. It, it, it was, it, it, it was pretty tough to top it. I don't think anything match wise did top it. Uh, you're right. The crowd was great for this match and needed to um, need to cool down after that. We both picked the Young Bucks because we both thought there ain't no fucking way the FTRs. Uh, uh, and I just love I love losing. So <laughs> after this, I? we got the uh, the stadium stampede. <laughs> after this, it was best friends, Orange Cassidy, Pentel Zero Miedo, and Eddie Kingston versus. Uh, who do we got? The BCC, those guys, and yep. Santana and Ortiz. And yep. the one thing happened that I I called on the show, and we mm-hmm. I wasn't the only person to ever call it, but the stadium's too big to do anything it, to the point where we just I just lost interest in like four guys because they were just gone. And anytime you put them on the screen, I'm like, but the stuff that's happening in and around the ring is way better right now. There. Okay, these matches are always chaotic. Like, if it's anarchy in the arena, stadium stampede, it's a lot. You yeah. throw that many guys in and you put them all over the place. Also, AEW, tighten up your production. Oof, yeah. Tighten up your production. Because even the shots of, like, well, Eddie and Claudio are just walking in the back. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's those little things, and I get it, because they're like, they're not in that moment thinking, like, the camera will be on us. Like, we just have to get ready for the next shot we're going to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Eddie started the match by rushing right to Claudio. Love it. Like, <laughs> Eddie Kingston is putting these matches because Eddie Kingston is the most favorite in these matches. Every fan wants Eddie. The second, <laughs> let's get real, that image of him with the gas can. <laughs> is what everybody wants every yep. time Eddie's in one of these matches. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that that delivered. Again, I think it's a little messy. It's fun. It's goofy. There are some times where I'm like, fuck. Like, I leave a lot of fork stabbing. A lot mm-hmm. of people getting fork stabbed. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> pretty heavy on the forks. I think the, the spot the, the spot that got me was the, the skewers in Moxley's head. I was like, <laughs> god damn. <laughs> Like this, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. in, in all the right ways. Um, I don't want to ever see Orange Cassidy in a match like this again. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. That's I felt like I felt like he is kind of out of place. I think the best friends in general. Mm-hmm. But um, again, it's fun. They're goofy matches, and it's it's just pure chaos. If they need to start pulling the trigger on what's happening with Eddie and Claudio. At some point, no more of this group beating shit. Like it's gotta, it, it's gotta come to a, a head, and it better be it all out, because I think if you keep pushing this, it's it's gonna just get worse and worse. I don't think they're gonna pull also, it all out. And another big gripe: outfit changes during a match. <laughs> I don't care what character you are. It's like this is him. Is this? I don't give a shit. You have time to go to the back and change your gear? No. No, I, I'm with you. I don't think the mass wrestling audience knows who the dark version of Penta is. Otherwise, I would have popped for it. I didn't. I was just like, so 
and he didn't pay it off. All he did was put a guy through a table from a normal sized ladder after a ladder broke after the ladder broke. So (laughs) I'm with you there. I I, I agree with you. It was a it was a fine match, but um, it was an it was a W staple gimmick on their biggest show to date. Yep. Yep. Uh, That's why it made it. Eddie and the boys took home the win, which we both picked. So that's your first uh, one correct tonight. On, on, on the board, baby. <laughs> um, curious. I, I, I will say, I don't think they're going to pull the trigger with Eddie and, and Claudio at all out. I think they're going to say that for the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view to okay. try and get some buy rates there because I think they're going to pull the trigger and give Eddie that championship at some point. So, uh, Cool. Yeah. You know what? Good call, too. We got another world title match coming up next. It was the fatal four way for the women's championship. It was Hikaru Shida defending her title against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, against Tony Storm, and against Soraya. And Mike, this was the shortest match on the card. It sure uh, was. It, it was. It was under 10 minutes, I think, even with entrances. But I thought the women brought it. I thought they did a fantastic job with the time that they were given. There were some big hits and there was some great storytelling within the match. The way they turned people, Sarai obviously babyface after this, Tony Storm going more of the heel version. Mike, I really enjoyed this match. Really, really did. I, I, you, you would say that because I, I, let Scott tell me who's winning and who's losing when I'm out and doing stuff. It's, it's for the show. I could say I'm gonna watch the event, but Scott can tell me winners and losers and what his thoughts were. I was asking, "What's your review? What's your review?" Scott was not as high on this match as you were. Um, AEW still isn't a problem, I think, just like WWE with their women's division. I think there was a lot of downtime and a lot of I don't know what I'm doing in this style of match, which is noticeable. I I wish it, like yes, there's some moments where I was like, "Oh, it's pretty impressive." I think there's a lot of downtime of like you're just fucking sitting there. <laughs> Out. And I know in the the conference after uh, the women were brought up again that hey there was only one women's match on this card on this giant card, and I think more time could have been given. And I think this is growing pains of that kind of match. Listen, like a four way is tough. They are tough matches to make look cool, mm-hmm. even a man or woman. It doesn't matter. But it, it was noticeable that this was tough for some of the ladies. Also, I'll say this: I got a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. I get, I get a point on the board because yes, they were going to give it to Saray in the fucking hometown audience. Come yeah. on, that's a mile away. Look at the gear she wore out. Yeah, the song she came out to. Her whole family walked yeah, out like, with her. Yeah, well, I, I knew the family love was going to be there too. Yeah, um, I could tell this match is going to be rushed when these ladies were making their entrances because these entrances were very fast. They didn't have time they to were. even stop and pose, look at the camera. They would just like walk out to the ring. Next person's music is going to start before you even get in the ring. Uh, so there must have been, unfortunately, a time constraint there, which sucks that it came out of their match because there were a, a few matches left after this. But we both picked Soraya. Great moment for her. I'm hoping that the North American crowd will accept her as the baby face right now. I'm thinking she will. And we'll go from there kind of thing. I'm hoping she starts working a little bit more as well. Seems like she wants to, but who knows how things go after people are supposed to retire from injuries. After this one, Mike, it was the coffin match with Swerve and Christian Cage versus Sting and Darby Allen. 
Uh, I hated everything about Swerve's entrance until he grabbed the mic and said, whose house? And 81,000 fans went Swerve's house. Yeah. We, I mean, we obviously both feel the same way about Swerve. Yeah. That we, we really like this fucking guy. Uh, AR Fox. What the fuck? Blew that one, (laughs) didn't you? Um, There's one takeaway from this match. I think the coffin match is stupid. Trust me. I'm against this kind of gimmick match. This match was catered to Sting. Mm-hmm. And to make Sting look good, and they accomplished at all of that. From the from the entrance, the Metallica seek and destroy to the spots he did. This match was for those fans in Wembley to enjoy Sting. Yeah, and Sting looked great too. Like you're right, they catered the match around him and what he could do, and it it worked for the benefit of that. It's not my favorite match on the card, but I'm happy it was those fans live getting to see Stinger. In a great light. Yeah. The Sting put in work in this match as much as anybody else did. And I think Swerve looked great as well. He was a dastardly heel alongside Christian, who is just a great, great asshole heel. So, and I love the spots where near the end where Sting was in the in the casket, doors about to close, he's got the bat sticking out. Yeah. And then yeah. when they throw Swerve in there. And then they finally get him in the cast. It, that finishing sequence was fantastic. But uh, we were both wrong on this one. We both thought we, Swerve. Why the yeah. fuck wouldn't you? Exactly. Sorry, like give this guy some fucking love. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it, it was a, a fun match. It was what it was. It was it was a fun match to watch. I enjoyed it. The entrances were cool as shit. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, with a lot of stuff going on, it's not the most talked about match that comes out of uh, AEW. All but uh, again, the high, the high is really good because Sting doesn't have that much left. This thing. I was happy to see that version of Sting. Me too. Just wish he didn't wear a red shirt. Didn't really fit. I wish they would like to try and reel him in a little bit more of like, let's get you looking the same as somewhat like Sting would look or with Darby, but no one's going to tell Sting what to do fucking ever. No. no. <laughs> yeah, coming out of that one, Mike, uh, coffee match was fine. We both picked this the wrong one. Yeah, well, the story <laughs> of my life on this paper. Uh, this match, which might be the shocker of the night, and for some, mm. maybe not for everyone, but it was Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. And the fans are they're dying. They're dying to know what paralegal Mike thought of this travesty of a booking on the biggest show in AEW history. Well, gang, the first to say it. I was wrong again. This match was this this match was pretty goddamn good. This match was pretty god this match was pretty goddamn good. Very, very, very good. Yeah, I uh I'll wear it. I know. And no faith that this was going to be as good as it was. And boy, I was happy to be wrong because Chris Jericho looked fucking awesome in this match. Man, like, I didn't have a ton of worry, but I had worry. You know, oh, Will Ospreay's at the top of his game and Chris Jericho's on the backside of his career. Chris Jericho showed up looking like he was 35-year-old Chris Jericho. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he really did. And it's 52-year-old Chris Jericho. And this match was this match was very good. (laughs) Like there's nothing else for me to say. It it didn't feel sloppy. 
it played to the strengths of what 52-year-old Chris Jericho could do. Chris Jericho at 52 years old also blew my mind a little bit with what he could still do. Yeah, man. I, yeah. This this booking scared the shit out of me. Obviously, I was very angry on last week's pod about it. Yeah, um, yeah th- I, I don't know what else to say. This match was, this match was very good. This match, this match was very good. Yeah, it's... I guess the one tiny little nitpick critique might have been is we didn't see Will Ospreay going 100 miles an hour. Like, we know he can. And killing guys. Like, he laid it in with Jericho, but he also, you know, he he played, like you said, to Chris Jericho's strengths, and they had a fantastic match. So They did. They really did. It It's weird because like my worry last week was that I don't see Will being able to slow down. He and geared he did. down. He did really, really well and still made himself look like Will fucking Ospreay. And that's the beauty of it, right? Like you get Will Ospreay in the ring with a Chris Jericho who knows how to work. He's had a very long career. Very long. Damn near everybody. So my thought last week should have been like, why couldn't you work this guy? Right. Ignorance. But it was. It's all it was. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, like, it just shows like when you get a guy like Jericho who knows where to put things in in the right spot to make it make sense, to make it more as impactful as possible. They structure that match that way instead of just hitting spot, spot, spot. It was a side of Will Ospreay that I haven't seen a ton of Will Ospreay because he's mostly a New Japan and in the UK. Yep. But you know what you're getting when you watch Will Ospreay in New Japan. And this was just like a different caliber of match that I absolutely loved. And Chris Jericho might be the wrestler of the night because of the performance he put on. He was fantastic in that match. We've yeah, the, we both you, picked you Osprey. Hang your, you hang your hat up. Yeah, well, yeah, of course we're picking Osprey. Yeah, we both did. We did good. But yeah, Jericho should have walked out of that stadium saying that was a highlight of my of my career, without a doubt. I I don't see how Chris Jericho walks through that curtain after that match and then have everyone go like fuck. And you, you still got it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If there's any, there any doubt, the man still has it. Absolutely. Getting into the trios championship match, we've got House of Black versus the acclaimed and the return of the badass Billy Gunn. Mike, when <sighs> Billy Gunn said he was coming back and he's bringing a badass and his name is Billy Gunn, I got goosebumps. I was a huge New Age Outlaws fan. I love Billy. Who Gunn. wasn't? He got goosebumps. I got said. goosebumps. The, the dude has he's in his 50s he's done his thing he's done everything he could he doesn't need to be doing this match but that promo right before the pay-per-view on dynamite i like that when guys get fired up like that and yeah you're giving a call back and the way i looked at it at the time was like maybe this is his last match and wwe who owns the name badass billy gunn i believe that's the way it was that's why he wasn't using that in aw to begin with i'm like they're doing him a favor this is great Maybe things have changed, but either way, I love still watching Billy Gunn in the ring. The guy's fantastic, but we got a really solid trios match. I loved the House of Black entrance, of course, coming out with the lantern. Uh, We'll get into that later on, but I mean, we got what we got. A shocking ending. Very shocking. Yeah. I think an unnecessary ending, if if I'm being honest. I I think your love for 
Billy Gunn, sure, warranted level of nostalgia there. Um, this is my least favorite House of Black match. Yeah, it, with them yeah. holding those titles, I fucking adore House of Black. I mm-hmm. think they should have rolled the acclaim and put fucking Billy Gunn in the ground finally. Yep. And what better way to end your career than in front of 81,000 people? Personally, just me. Sure, the guy's got some gas in the tank. Don't take your boots off them before. If it was all for storyline purposes, nothing I hate more. Don't don't fake retirement. Mark Henry tried that once. And people still didn't give a shit about Mark Henry. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of with you there. I don't really like the whole I'm retiring and then I'm going to come out like three weeks later and not retire kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it, it was a fine match. Uh, I thought House of Black would steamroll these guys. And I still think they should have. So. I still think they yeah. should have. I don't know what happens next. Uh, trios wise, I don't know what happens. I don't know if the Dark Order is even a fucking thing anymore. But anyway, uh, this match was announced after we made our picks last week. So we didn't have picks for this match. No. So uh, I'll take the points and you can take the loss on that. <laughs> <That's not right. laughs> no, 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 no. Play it fair. Play it fair. Uh, that that I, gets um, us. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm. Just more confused too, because I think they really had something going with House of Black having those belts. Yeah, like I think it really, it, yeah. So now, like my thought is, like I think the best friends will will wrestle the acclaimed once Orange loses his strap, and, and and the best friends will probably wear those titles. But now House of Black is in a spot where they gotta assert some dominance somewhere, unless they're just letting them have a rematch at All Out, which is kind of possible. It's kind of likely. That they would let that happen. I don't know for sure because I'm just trying to think of other trios that could be wrestling. Because the acclaimed are kind of like their entrance alone is kind of worth them being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And just as thinking as you're talking there, I wouldn't mind seeing two guys of the House of Black going after the tag titles and then one of them going after a mid card TNT or international championship as well. Yeah. That, so, that so like, obviously, too. we're saying like Malachi is going to go for the fucking. The Whatever. solo title, and then yeah. have Buddy and and Brody go for the tag titles. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm cool with that too. Just like let's not lose steam on something I think is really great, which is House of Black. Yes, there better be at least a vignette sometime this week, either on Dynamite or Collision. But Mike, let's not hold off any longer. We're going to get into the main event, which is Adam Cole Bebe versus the AEW World Champion MJF, the best friends, the Brochachos, the new Ring of Honor World Tag Team uh, Champions. And these guys did not disappoint. Entrances were oh, fantastic. My, you know what? It's it's so different because like those kind of giant stadium shows, the feel when they fucking hit the boom and Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, you're like, okay, that's that's eighty one thousand strong. <laughs> yeah, which was a bit of a gripe for me. I thought we would have so much more crowd interaction throughout the show, more chanting, more songs. Like we've seen from UK crowds in the past, especially when it comes to NXT being there in years past, we got like none of that. Very, very in minimal. A, in a smaller venue, of course, you hear everything. But I don't even Just think like, a lot of chants were started. You know, like I think a lot started before the show. I saw some video of um, some chants going towards Cash Wheelers with his weapon. Um, but other than that, <laughs> there wasn't a lot. And I was blown away by that. But like you said, when they hit the boom, when they hit Adam Cole, baby, there's your 81,000 fans right there. Oof. 
MJF had a but great even, entrance. Uh, um, let's talk about MJF entrance. Love, <laughs> except all right, AW. I get it. They got a big problem. It's got a big fucking problem. Look at that guy. I'm like, fucking kneel down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in every goddamn shot. Looking like an AEW ref. And also when he... <laughs> Oh, that got me. <laughs> so and when they get to the stairs, when he blatantly just crashes into it, I'm like, you can see. You're standing yeah. up. I feel like one of those poor gals got fucking hit too. She did. Rewatch that footage. It's hilarious. She did. she did get hit. She also tweeted out, she's fine, but she did get hit. Who cares? I don't care if you're fine. <laughs> Be aware of your surroundings. Anyway, the MJF opening, uh, the crowd, the crowd singing the MJF theme song. Yeah. I really, I really like too. That's like the touch of a good, like really great UK crowd. Mm. But man, these two fucking guys, hey. They got they got us. These these two, these two guys go in the ring, and I love it because you know what? Commentary is a lot in AEW. Like yeah. it's nonstop. They don't shut the fuck up. Not once. they don't let a moment happen. It helped in this match more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like it just like they're friends. They're like brothers. But like MJF doing eye pokes, Adam Cole doing that too. Like it's dirty. But then they get to the moments of I'm gonna pull out the dynamite diamond ring and do something dirty. No, I can't do it. I can't do it to him. That stuff really worked here. Like it really worked well, and it didn't come off sticky or lame. Even the uh, Eddie Guerrero with chair the belt. Spot. Oh, the t- oh! <laughs> I was gonna say they both do so well. Like the second Cole hit the mat, and then MJF's face was like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> they they played into my favorite things about professional wrestling, and that let's not forget how fun and goofy it is, mm-hmm. as well as hard hitting. Because guess what? It's it's magic when it's good. It's the moments of their story is so deep, even though it hasn't gone that long, where MJF does the the dive through the ropes without the help. Mm-hmm. The way he sells that, the way that comes off, you're like, oh my. And the crowd, like that shot of that guy pointing, he's like, you did that. You did that. <laughs> That's the little things in this where I'm just like, God damn. This is real. They got something special here. Like, let's not rush to the finish line on this yet, guys. Like, this is really good. Obviously, the the double pin or the draw. At first, like it's it's different because like I I had the in before I watched the match. So, but when I got to that moment, I was like, oh, and then the, the callback to five more minutes, mm-hmm. and MJF only. It could only be MJF. To fucking drop an F bomb <laughs> to get that over. We're going until there's a winner at fucking Wembley. I'm like, yep, <laughs> let's go. And then they continued to have like a hell of a wrestling match. It wasn't sticky to a finish. Like they fucking went. Dude, it, it. They went hard. They went strong the entire match. They sold everything in their face and in their body movement of being worn out. Everything took effort. And in both guys, you could see the the trials and tribulations of, do I want to do this to my best friend to win? Adam Cole played more of the heel part, more of the yeah. dick in this match. It, it got to be more hungry, right? Like he's he's got the opportunity to get the strap. He's trying to win it, which is harder to do than Max retaining, right? 
There's a championship that, advantage, 100%. right? Uh, the table spot where MJF didn't want to tombstone Adam Cole on the table, Adam Cole ended up doing it to MJF. It, see, it's that it's that kind of stuff where you're like, oh, like they're they're in it to win it. What did you feel about the interference, the Roderick Strong stuff? Uh I didn't have a problem with it, to be honest I, with it, you. Uh, I'm at, when I first watched it, like because you would you would like inform me of what happened in the match. But when I first watched it, I'm like, well, this is fucking lame. I did go back and rewatch it. I'm like, oh, but this is absolutely needed. Like, uh, you need to have that happen. He's been part of this story as much as people want to forget that. Roderick Strong has been as much of the story since the beginning as the other two guys were. Uh, yeah. And for me, I'm like, here we go. Roddy's going to turn on Adam Cole and join MJF. And then Adam Cole's or MJF is going to be the, the, the heel again, right? That's what I thought was going to happen. It didn't happen at all. We just got nope. jealous Roddy again, crying and whining, and both guys telling him, get the fuck out of here. And then the perfect pouting Roddy getting hugged by the kingdom guys. I was like, this is fantastic. It, and at some it point, it's really good. Happen. Really, really is. It just, you you have expectations for something going into a main event. And like, if we talked about this two years ago, I would have never said, like, it's going to be fucking Bay Bay and fucking MJF. Mm-hmm. It's on 81,000. I would never. I'm really happy it was because I I was, again, pretty firm that the the hug finish was not going to be it. I agree. Like, a real, I, I just, la- if you're talking to me last week, I'm like, there's no fucking way. One of these guys has got to get back to where they were. And one of these guys has got to become the daft from the heel again. No. No, it turns out I was super satisfied with them having that moment and having the hug and continuing arguably some of the funniest vignettes on AEW television, uh, two great hands working together, like fucking excellent wrestlers to continue this going. Great. And no better way to leave a show, not always disappointed or waiting for a surprise, but just a good heartwarming end, a good finish like that. Really love this main event. It was fantastic. MJF gets the win, retains the title. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole crying in the corner. MJF throws a belt down and said, no, don't you dare hang your head. We did this together. We did this. You worked your ass off. You fought your ass off. I just got lucky. MJF playing the friend, the bro chacho to perfection to try to console his buddy who just lost a big match. Goes outside and said, hey, we're still tag team champions. You still got a championship, buddy. Like, don't hang your head. We did this. This is great. Let's celebrate. Come on. We both had a great match. And they hug it out. They're the confetti's flying. They're raising each other's arms. Adam Cole perked up a little bit, but not a ton, which to me could be telling in some ways, but it, it ended up perfectly. It really, really did. We didn't get the split that so many people, including Paralegal Mike, predicted and hoped for. Oh, <laughs> but we got a great finish. Everyone went home happy. Mike, it was such a fun show. Great, great show. My biggest bugaboo about it is I don't think the card lived up to the label of biggest wrestling event ever. Sure. Yeah, I think AEW struggled with that too. I think the initial Forbidden Door was was shows of that. Obviously, you have to deal with stuff like injury and that kind of nonsense. Do you learn from it now that All In will be back at Wembley next year? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. yes. And I think 
I will give Tony Khan this. I don't build super cards just for the sake of building them. Mm-hmm. He had stuff going on on TV that he had to keep going, and he did. Yeah. It, I, I think there is a ton of great wrestling on this card. But yeah, you're right. This isn't, holy shit, this should be the match in front of 81,000 people. I feel that way almost every WrestleMania. You're not wrong there. Absolutely. You're true. You're right. I think now that it's been announced, now that it seems like Wembley is going to be a staple in the AEW calendar every year. Well, for at least next year. True. I, I yeah. don't think I don't think all in is staying there forever. I think they now have the opportunity to build and plan properly towards uh, a card that could get another 80,000 people if you built the, the hope card is, right. the hope the hope is more the hope is more but i mean you did this you sold over 75 almost 79,000 tickets without a single match being announced because aw's never been overseas yet you can't do that again now you have to build up to it to get people to want to come to beat that and i think you have to yeah. build a super card to sell those tickets to get over 81,000 i'm not saying it's a failure if they don't well, you had the chance to beat that record with a super card as long as the stories are there and hopefully everyone's healthy. But again, yep. great, great show for AEW All In. So much fun to watch. Again, my favorite part, because I'm old, fat, and lazy, is it it was 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So <laughs> basically roll <laughs> the next day too late. Yep. Get some get some snacks in me and uh sit just sit in my chair and watch the show. But uh Mike, we uh we made our picks. Uh for the final pick, we picked the winner for the main event, and if there's going to be a split or not a split, we split that, actually. I said no split. You said split. That being said, so there was 10 points to be awarded for this show. You came in with a whopping four, <laughs> and I got eight. Yeah, yeah, look at the fucking winner, right? Of the main event. I picked MJF, didn't I? You did, but you also fucks. picked them splitting. You picked yeah, them fuck splitting. Fuck sakes. Fuck sakes. <laughs> Mike, before we go, uh, yes. we can't fit everything into this podcast otherwise people will be here for fucking ever and they want to get on with their days uh so this weekend this saturday is wwe payback this sunday is aew all out uh we're gonna do the picks for payback that is this saturday in pittsburgh and it it feels very rushed it feels like SummerSlam was just last week the way i feel right now but i think it's a great card i think it's a, a very very good looking card uh, okay. Not a lot of matches. I think this is going to be your standard three-hour show, which I'm very happy with. Yeah, let's get back to normal. Yeah, take, take so it back. Yeah, we got uh, the Grayson Waller effect with Grayson Waller hosting Cody mm-hmm. Rhodes, which I think will turn into a match, but not officially a match. It's just an interview segment, which, in my opinion, gonna have Cody, Cody goes on. over. Cody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just both pick Cody and see what happens. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Grayson Waller hits him with a chair. That's my pick. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Uh, so the next one after this is the new United States champion, Rey Mysterio, defending his title against Austin Theory. When Rey Mysterio won this, it was supposed to be his LWO brethren, Santos Escobar, getting the match, but Santos got jumped and hurt, told Rey to take his spot. Rey won. And now the rematch is happening uh, this Saturday at Payback with Rey versus Austin Theory. Quick turnaround. What am I thinking? Let's go. Ray retains. 
I'm going to do the same. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Ray retains. Okay, you're going to go Ray. The only reason I think that I'm going Ray as well. The only reason I think that Ray may not win is I have a feeling at some point Santos is going to turn on Ray. But I think it's going to be mm. Santos versus Ray for that title. So I don't think he'll turn and cost Ray this, the title. So that's my pick. Okay. Uh, then we've got uh, The Miz versus L.A. Knight. And I don't know if you watched Monday Man. Night Raw this week, and I know you sure did. Sure did. See- <laughs> no, I'll tell you. I watch Monday Night Raw like a smart person. I find the best things from it on the internet, and I watch that. The Miz fucking slayed Monday Night Raw. Yes, that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> the Miz slayed Monday Night Raw. Tough break, though, Miz. You're going to lose to LA Knight. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. Actually, uh, you could get some legs out of this fucking thing. You really could. You get, you get a Miz getting disqualified. I would go that route. But I think LA Knight's getting the win. I don't think, I think it'd you be do cool that. if. Go ahead. If uh, Miz hits him with a fucking chair and gets him some color, but gets disqualified, I think that'd be better. But LA Knight's winning. It's going yeah, over. Yeah, I'm going LA Knight over clean. I think you can do that with LA Knight right now. You just you're you're currently rocketing him to the moon right now. You need a clean victory on on a feud uh, for LA Knight. So I think this will be it. Yeah. Then you've got the uh, women's world heavyweight champion Rhea Ripley defending against Raquel Rodriguez. This feud really just picked up steam this week yeah they've had the, a bit of a lengthy storyline with injuries and things like that but mike there ain't no way in hell rhea ripley's losing a title right now it, 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 i will fucking burn wherever i am to the ground <laughs> if rhea ripley loses and you won't rhea, rhea retaining no problem my hope for this match is that it's a, a very hard hitting these women have fought and had great matches in nxt but since raquel has come up to the main roster it's been not not great and that's my worry it's going to happen again after that we've got the tag team championships on the line with kevin owens and Sami Zayn defending their titles against finn balor and damian priest of judgment day mike it's your boy finn balor <laughs> shock up another fucking l for <laughs> biggest loser in wrestling um yeah, I just, why those two? Sorry, I think I think this is a good time for Finn to get some fucking boo from the judgment. I'm saying it every time we lose. But every, every podcast we do, Finn's getting booed from the judgment. <laughs> well, really bad. Like, ugh, yeah, no, Sammy and KO. I don't think you're picking any different on this one. No, I'm going the same thing. Sammy and KO. Although I would, it wouldn't bother me one bit if Finn and and Priest won it just to make almost like Finn uh... Balor doesn't win <laughs> wrestling matches in the Judgment All right. Day. All right, you're right. All right, all right. Um, we got a steel cage I'm match. Going straight you. fucking clean sweep <laughs> on <laughs> payback. Clean sweep. Uh, Becky versus Trish inside a steel cage. This feud has been going on way too long. Even Becky Lynch has commented and said it's time to move on and do something else. Uh, so uh, I think it's a no-brainer. This whole card's a no-brainer, if I'm being honest here. It's it's going to it be kind of is. Lynch. Yeah. Well, actually, we're picking. You almost. Well, I guess you would rather like see Becky fucking lose. I'm not so high on Becky Lynch anymore. What's that? It. I am Ooh. not the biggest Becky fan out there. I don't think her work is 
up there with the other four horsewomen. Just my opinion. I think there's a couple other ladies that in that company that are above her. Her mic work to me doesn't do anything for me. She's still too over though. So. She's still insanely over. Um, I'm gonna go Trish on this one. You know what? Fuck Becky. I'm with you. I'm going Trish oh, okay. as well. There we go. You know what? Let's just stick it to people. <laughs> <laughs> and then um my assumed main event here, which has had a fantastic buildup, is Seth Rollins defending his world heavyweight championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. The vignettes they've been doing with Shinsuke, where he's speaking Japanese and talking about sets what? back and going to end see him. when you finally get it and let someone speak their fucking language. Good God, we do this from day one. It'd be a different story for Shinsuke Nakamura. I agree. He's still losing to Seth Rollins, though. <laughs> yeah, this is my biggest fear: is that you're building Shinsuke up just to get to this pay per view, and then after that, back to obscurity. I don't want that to happen. I well, don't sorry, bud. want that to happen. <laughs> but they're I'm not going... letting them fucking beat Seth right now. <laughs> I'd be blown away if they did. I would fucking love it if they did, but they're not letting them beat Seth. Seth is still the guy. And I think yes. he's going into minimum rumble as strong as hell. Yeah. There you go. That's payback. Not a lot. Uh it's mostly mostly Monday Night Raw peeps, which is fine. Uh so let us know your picks. Let us know your thoughts on AEW All In. As always, leave comments on our socials at In My House Pod and share this podcast with everybody. Just hit that share button. That's all you have to do. And then everything That's else it. will happen is not up to you, but just hit that share button. Let everyone know uh, this is a fantastic, fun little wrestling potty to share with your pro wrestling fans. Uh, Ringside Wrestling has a show this week, and it's it's looking to be a good one. They had a show last week. I'm not going to lie. Totally on me. Completely forgot. That's my bad. But guys, you ever showed a gym? I'm not. Well, I'm not welcome there. It was in a parking so lot. It was in the parking lot for the gym, and it looked kind of cool. But uh, this one's at the German Club, which just announced that uh, they set up a GoFundMe because they don't have any money. So that should be interesting. That's why there's probably no AC. It's going to be hot as balls in there. But go support Ringside Wrestling. The card looks good. It looks fun. Uh, go boo the shit out of Toxic Tyler James and have a blast at local pro wrestling and if you're not in this area here where me and mike are go watch a local show wherever you are buy some merch support the boys and girls out there that are busting their ass to entertain you anything else pal uh hashtag for the show finn balor is a loser hashtag finn balor is a loser let's get that running just in time for payback <laughs> watch any of this judgment day stuff you know finn balor is indeed a loser <laughs> oh, no man. that's it for me pal it's been a been another great show another great show thanks so much for checking out the show uh you can follow us on the socials at in my host pod we're sharing a lot of wrestling stuff on there especially on the instagram let's be honest that's probably our main, main spot you'll see a lot of stuff about local wrestling ringside wrestling cwe posting all that good stuff and the show you can find us there Thanks for checking it out. For Paralegal Mike, I am Scotty Via. Hey, 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 this is the In My House for Row Wrestling Podcast.